Hello, this is Speaks Loud in the Words, episode 16, and I'm your host, Dave Reed. On today's episode, we have Michael Kawinuka come in. He spoke to us about how he wrote his debut album, Home Again, and what influenced that. And he also talked about life on the road. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Warner Chapel and on Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel. And also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Warner Chapel Music. Is it sounding better now? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah? Yeah, I was just enjoying the conversation. <laughs> oh, very yeah, good. it's good to dream. So what did you listen to growing up? Um, listen to growing up. I listened to... Uh, my first interest in music was through the guitar. So it was like typical guitar bands what, that you what would at school. That, do you think? Oh, sorry, that was my age. I was 12, between 12 and 14. It was like Nirvana. Um, like a lot of American grunge bands, like Nirvana, a bit of Pearl Jam, which wasn't really grunge to me, but people said it was grunge. Um, and some lame bands that I'm not really into now. I won't, I won't mention, like The Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, then I got into like uh, a few English guitar bands as well at that time, like The Verve, um, bit of Blur, a little bit of Oasis, not that much. I wasn't that big a fan of them. Were you a fan of Britpop at all? Uh, not that much, no. Um, but I bought like the big albums that were there because they had like guitar on it, like a Travis, the man who was huge, yeah. got that for Christmas. So that was like the first thing. And when I got really into music, I got into like um, other singer-songwriters from like like Neil Young and Bob Dylan. Um, Sony Mitchell and then soul music too soul singers like Marvin Gaye mm. and, and like oh it's Redding and then I got into really into jazz too so I listened to a lot of Miles Davis and then kind of like outside like kind of psychedelic like Bitches Brew and from there got to like Phil's De Kilimanjaro like that kind of stuff from Miles Davis and then like then some of like the Sly influence Herbie like um uh, like thrust and things like that, headhunters. So I got into it was pretty wide. It, it like sounds pretty wide, yeah. 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 Um, Have you continued that now s- through the years? Just continue to search music and just yeah find new genres that you could take from. Uh, yeah, I continue to like search for music. Like uh, you know, I I know like basically I just like music that's like either got like like an amazing rhythm or like groove to it or or like really moving. So like. A, a rhythm and groove like it moves me in a different way it's like it's still moving but it just makes you want to get up or like nod your head or like dance um and then a song can be what i love about songs is like the words can really move you to, you know to think about stuff or make you feel better or whatever mm. and if those two can be combined then it's then you've got like genius cool. <laughs> so any of those guys you've just mentioned have they kind of stuck with you that and you continue to listen to their music today or is it i know you said about the offspring but <laughs> like, yeah you know, Bob Dylan, you said, do yeah. you continually listen to his music? Yeah, I continue listen. I continually listen to stuff that, like, affects me like profoundly. Mm. Um, recently, I've been listening to loads of Neil Young. I, I've been, I'm in the middle of writing loads of tunes for like another album, so I just listen to people that I think are the best songwriters for. I just and it reminds me of why, why I started to do it. Mm. So I, I still listen to him as well as like others. You know, I go through like years and and like months, lo- loads of months, not listening to stuff like that, but. They always remain mm. around my um, iPod, CD player, whatever, vinyl player. Do you, do you try to listen to new music, like what's on going on the radio? Do you yeah. Does that have any kind of influence at all? Yeah, I listen to some new music, uh, and some of it influences me. Uh, my favourite band is Tame Impala. That's really been influencing me loads. Cool, yeah. Um, Which track's been jumping out at you? 
Well, I liked uh, Mind Mischief. Oh, you like Mind yeah, Mischief? Yeah. I like weird uh, video. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I like the video yeah. for Mind Mischief. I like. Um, feels like we're gonna go backwards is a nice song. Uh, it's obviously they're, like their big tune. I really quite like the guitar on Elephant. Elephants, yeah, that it fuzz even guitar. It sounds like a, an elephant plodding along. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. That kind of fuzz guitar thing. Yeah. So I've been into like a lot more guitar bands. Like, um, you know, I love Brothers, the Black Keys album Brothers. I love the sound of that album. Um, we were talking about like the new, the Dr. John album that, that Dan Albert produced like a year or so ago. Um, I love Blunderbuss, the Jack White album. I love the, basically I've been re- really into guitars. So yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, so like listening for like new, so when I like listen to music, it's like, if like, it could just be like the, like the guitar tone that like, like 16 Soul Teens, like the first track. When that first came on, I never heard a guitar sound that like raucous before. It's like a modern day like rumble by Link Ray or something, you know, the girl, girl, girl. Yeah, you get like, then when that comes in, it's like, oh man, that sounds, it's like as hip as anything. And 16 Soul Teens to me was like the new 2013 version of like, or 12, whatever it came sure. out, of Link Ray Rumble. But ultimately, I just love that kind of classic thing, but things that just like, just move you, you know, whether it's like make you angry or make you cry, make you dance, you know. But, um, what would you say in a song, yeah. physically, what, what grabs you the most? Oh, that's a cool question. What physically grabs me the most in the song is if a couple of things, like, it's usually the, the, like, the way it's sung, like the voice. Um, um, there's a song, like, I've just rediscovered a Neil Young song called Don't Be Denied. Like, I love that song. But, like, the way, the wor- and, like, sorry, it's the words as well, like, the lyrics are obviously very important. But it's the way those lyrics are sung. Like some people can sing a song and it has like beautiful lyrics, but you don't quite, it doesn't quite hit you. But the way he sings Don't Be Denied, like it's such an innocent sounding song just about him growing up and getting into a band and like then the band gets signed and they start then they start off in like his career. But the way he sings it is so much passion and like innocence, like, and his tone is so nice that it really grabs me from when I listen to it. And that's the kind of thing I look for in a tune. Or, like the melody as well. This The melody like has to be like I love beautiful melodies like um you know that make you just want to like they kind of somehow like marry with the words but the really nice sweet melodies I really like that grabs me so it's basically those two things it's like those three things the lyrics the intent and how they sing the emotion in the vocal um I love like uh and like the feel of the vocal like if it's got like a swagger to it like Lou Reed's Take a Walk on the Wild Side like the way he talks sings that is really interesting uh kind of like a post dinner thing. Um, those are the things that grab me in songs. Do you put that into your own work as yeah. best you can? Yeah, so when I, when I try and record a song or write a song, I try and get, like the phrasing is important. Um, uh, it's annoying, like you could, sometimes you record music and record songs, but you learn to sing better like later, like when you go on tour. So you listen back to it. If you've ever listened back to your stuff, which is quite hard to, you you just like, oh, I should have phrased it like this, like whether you pull it back more. But it's important to me, like it's got to have, I think that stuff like subliminally matters, you know, to people that are listening to it. So yeah, when I go and record a song, it's like that's part of the reason is how it's phrased, you know. Do you, do you prefer to be on tour or do you prefer to be writing on, in a studio? Uh, I like all of them. Uh, basically what happens is, I think to most musicians, but to me what's happening is you do so much of one thing you get tired and you want to do something else. So you could be in the studio for ages making an album, 
and you, making albums always at the end just you just want to finish it. It always gets kind of tough. The last mile, like a marathon, and you just like you can't wait till it gets, you can get it done. You can go on the road, but then you can go on the road for like a year and a half, eighteen months, and you just can't wait to go back to the studio and make like more music. So it basically just uh, depends where you are, or you can be like at home writing loads of songs and be enjoying it, but then you're just like, man, I just want to like record these. I want to go to. So I like all of them equally, but you get tired of them. You need to have that variation. Like sometimes you just need a break, and like no music. So. There's not there's none of them I like more than the other, really. Um, I think I like all of them, to to like equally. What was it like being on Adele's tour, 2011? Oh, what was it like being on Adele's tour? It was cool. It, it was the first kind of tour I'd ever done, really, of any kind. So it's a pretty big one to be on. For the <laughs> <last> one. <laughs> well, a bit of a, perhaps in a fire. I mean, I was lucky because the audience seemed to be, you know, they seemed to be into my tunes. I mean, I, no one knew who I was. Yeah. I just. Some guy with a weird surname came on <laughs> and sang tunes, and like it, 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 people seemed to be into it. I hadn't even released any music yet, so I was nowhere near finishing an album. But but it was cool because it was like it gave me an insight to like if you if you can have any kind of success. I mean, she's had the most success like anyone's had for like years. But even if you have like heart like a quarter of that, just getting to play your own tunes at your own gigs and people being affected by them, I was like, wow, that's that would be a sweet thing to be able to do. So it gave me a bit of a fire in the belly to like... Is that why you keep, do keep what you do music? then? Is that really to just pass on that kind of feeling to other people? Um, I don't know, man. That's a good question too. I think like... I, like initially why I write songs is because like you can put things in songs that you can't really put anywhere else. Like you might be wanting to... You might feel a certain way and it just be, it can be said in a song more than it can be said in like on paper or just in the conversation. Mm. And like... I used to just write songs to just make me feel a bit better about stuff. You know, there was no real like inclination to do it other than that. I didn't want to like write a song and then for everyone to sing it and be like on top of the world. But then, um, you know, just as it's therapeutic to you whilst you're writing it and playing it, like once you write a song, you kind of have to sing it. So you you get like a similar like feeling to to performing those songs too, especially if people feel the same way or they it's like it's they they enjoy the song in a, in a similar kind of way to as to why you wrote it you get another kind of more intense feeling about it. So that's kind of addictive. And then you just think, oh man, I'm going to keep doing it. It just gives you like a sense of like, I don't know, like some kind of purpose for doing something. Like, I mean now, like at least I've got something to do is to like try and make music and, and I can try and write the best songs I can. Hopefully people can put like the, the album on or whatever and, you know, enjoy it. So that's, that's gives me something to aim for. So when did you start writing your like at home again? When did you start writing the album? Uh, well, was it was it a long process for years, or was it was it the case of no? I like some of the songs I wrote for that album were just songs that I just written. I didn't know I'd have an album, so I but I started writing songs when I was about twenty, uh, twenty twenty one or something. Um, I saw that you went to University of Westminster. Is that right? Yeah, what I did. What year did you graduate? I didn't graduate. I, dro I dropped. You dropped out. out. Yeah. Okay. I sorry. Went, I went. Uh, in 2008. Yeah, I was around the same time. Oh, really? I, I started in 2008 at Westminster. Yeah, so basically I, I would have gone in, I went to another uni before that and dropped out of that too, but I went into like Westminster about 2000 and, must have been about 2009. Oh, really? 2010. I was there for a year and a half, second year didn't really do any work, <laughs> then dropped out and then, then then luckily managed to still be a musician, but like... Look at you now. It's yeah. It's all good. But it was all right, you know. I just figured you just, you could just music you can just do it like just go outside and do gigs but it's a true thing yeah you can just do it yeah 
But um, but yeah, so I was yeah, I guess around then I started writing songs when I was at Westminster. But then like actually in terms of putting an album together, that was like from the age of about uh, for about two years. Like loads of songs, loads of them were lame. Some of them were good, and you just get used to it. You know, you, you don't know, you don't really know what it takes until you you start. Um, you don't realize about before music is like songs are like songs that you just write, and then you know if you're trying to trying to sell these, make a product, it becomes a bit different. It's like you want a song maybe that that is you and honest, but also can have an appeal to people, and you know, I hate to say it, but make some money. <laughs> sure. Um, you know that was the hardest part for me is to like really get over that because music's a like for me music's a pure thing it shouldn't be like like tainted too much so that balance of trying to have a career but not losing those values is a hard thing a lot of singers songwriters do give that up uh, I don't want to do that but then if by not giving up you know it makes it just a bit tougher to 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 stay getting your songs on the radio, you know, yeah. staying selling out venues, all those things that you need to do. You need your songs played on the radio to do that. So it's tough, you know, but mm. but I think it's cool to try and hold on to the the beginning. Do what you, you feel started, your first album had that balance? You, you yeah, I think well? it did. Well, yeah, it did. I mean, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I still don't really, but it did. Luckily for me, it did. I mean, you, you ultimately all you can do is write songs and then the best you can and then put them out and see if people like him I mean it doesn't get much more complicated than that mm. but but you know people try and guide you you know but uh, but it did because I'm still able to make music and people know this you know you, you bump into people that know the music and people come to the gigs and it was played on the radio and in places so so I guess it did but that's not through any kind of like like cleverness or genius on my part I, I, I didn't know I don't know how you get a song on the radio or what this radio want in a song I just know what I like in songs and I think I can mm. write good ones, but that's out of your hands, you know, I think. So, Home Again, do you feel there's a, a tangent running through all the songs, a theme, talking as you're talking about something through the whole songs? Yeah, I think Home Again, the album has a theme, ultimately of like, like a loose one, but ultimately of like, uh, I guess like feeling comfortable within just what, what what you are that's that's what that home again is about and a lot of the songs are about i mean like a tell me a tale is like that kind of that that's more about something that's true true but truth is you know that's that's linked to everything i'm getting ready is kind of that vibe hmm. just being all right so basically the album is just about trying to be all right, right i guess <laughs> yeah. is there one song that you that sticks out from that album to you what's that what's that one song there's two yeah one not for those reasons actually like there's a couple of songs that aren't to do with any of that but i love like rest the song rest i just love the way that sounds like sonically i like the song i was just really pleased that when i you know that's the song when, when that comes on or if i ever listen when i used to listen to that when they were like mastering the album that one was like oh that's you know you when you start music you, you just have a sound in your head that you're always trying to get that that seems to be the closest thing yet you know, I'm not there yet, but that's like, so that's important. Then like, I'm getting ready, and I never really get bored of singing that song. Um, and I like the sound of that, how that came out on mm. records. So, so those two. It's 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 a really nice sounding album. Just oh, I think the the choice to go to the Isle of Wight and mm. and use the old tapes and things. Yeah, it just has an amazing warmth. And yeah, that flute 
Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a special. Uh, it's the flutes, we're loving it. It's like, whoa. Love the flutes. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the sound of albums are like one of the things when I was younger. So, like, songs and also the sound of the album, I think, is albums are really important. Uh, and I love that sound. You've managed a classic kind of sound in like the 2011, 2012 yeah. age. It's it's a clever thing you've done because you were saying just now that that kind of classic aspect is something that you look for. Yeah, well, like you definitely. You know, yeah. you're listening to Neil Young and all these yeah. people. They have all that classic sound, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. you've managed to do that in. Uh, yeah. year, I guess. Great. I guess. Like yeah, in some way, I'm still, I'm still here. Some people still played it. Like you get, we get. Uh, we get like killed if we if people if people think you're like retro they don't like you so and I'm sure some people think that I am but but enough people didn't so I, I don't I don't know how that I, I did I mean I've got no clue I think all that stuff's weird I mean you just man honestly I mean if anyone does music or is watching this you you're, all you do is you, all you can do is go to the studio record your songs the best way you think they sound the best way you can do it there's no there's nothing else to it you know it's like it's not this secret hidden, you know, yeah, you okay, like, try and get the best vocal take you can get, like, maybe you just do a better bridge if the bridge isn't quite good enough, or maybe the drum part isn't right, let's record that drum beat again, or the sound is not quite right. Yeah, there's all those things, but ultimately, like, that's it. You know, so when people say, like, sounds, like, classic but new, I mean, no one really knows how to do that. Mm. I mean, that's just, that's just stuff that you can write about after a, an, on, a, on a music magazine, but no one thinks that when they go to the studio. When they go in, they don't think I'm going to do an album that's like from the past but new, but then has this thing and then has that. And you, know, you just want to express what you want to express. Yeah, sure. So, your actual process of songwriting, what is it? Most of the time, you write on your own. Yeah, I like writing my own. Um, to, um, I'm quite adamant about that, like the actual song. I just feel if I write it myself, I can sing it better in like, in the studio and at gigs. So I guess I guess I can use an example of a song that's that I've written that's actually actually come out. I mean, for example, "Tell Me a Tale." I just was at the studio. We needed another song. I'd run out of songs, so I just I was listening to um, a lot of like soul music with like vamps in it, like just a couple of chords. So I just liked those two sounding minor chords that just came up. A bit like Sean Coltrane, like like. Um, the way McCoy Tyner plays drunk or tr like drunk or train things, or like so what that kind of like just two chord vamps like jazz basically like uh, then my jazz influences came out for that. I thought oh, we could have a song like that, and then singing I was thinking like like kind of those mournful kind of soulful things like Marvin Gaye would do. So I thought that was, that's the sound. So I just came up with those two chords and just like the melody. Da -da 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 -da. I just thought that'd be quite good. I just came up with those words, and then uh, and then uh, the chorus went. To I just the chorus kind of was like completely different, so the chorus went to I just like the melody of and then I just took it downstairs to Paul. Said oh, I've got another one. We've run out of songs, but then what about should we try this? Um, and he was kind of like, yeah, it sounds alright, but he's you know, but the chorus was a bit different to everyone was like the chorus doesn't work. Um, and then from then on, we just basically got into the studio and just like he played the drums along with me playing guitar and singing. And then I went and played bass, um, uh, and a bit of keyboards and stuff, and just vibed out. Um, and then, and then we brought other musicians in, and I was listening to also to David Axelrod at the time. So he's a pretty hip guy. There's like loads of instrumental music from the 70s, but sampled by like everyone from like Dr. Dre to like all these hip hop people would, hip hop artists would would really know about David Axelrod. He's got like, the hippest kind of like instrumental groove, like jazz stuff. 
and he uses a lot of flute as melody lines. Like, he's a song called The Edge, which is like sampled by like Dr. Dre. It's got a really strong flute line. Dre didn't use the flute line, but he used the intro, but then when it comes in, it's the flute melody. I was like, oh, this this song, need, the verse needed something. I thought, oh, why don't we have a flute line? So I sang down the mic. They used that. And then Paul came up with a fella kind of line. And then still the chorus didn't work together. So I said it would because I had needed a song, you know, like to send back to the record level. There was nothing else left. So I said it will work. It's in the same key. It's just minor, you know. So I just thought if you just have a violin player come in and do the scale up and scale down. It will, it will connect it, and it did. And so, then we took it home. People liked it, and I was like, "Thank God for that," because if I didn't have that, then I still have no songs to send back to the record label. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how "Tell Me Tell" was written. I mean, so essentially, it's the usual process for writing songs. Yeah, you, you just listen to kind of stuff. Oh, I would like to have that kind of vibe coming from here, that kind of rhythm over here. Yeah, and you just take from like all the things that you're influenced by, and it just comes out in it. And you just kind of wait for a melody line to just hit you, just like that, basically. Yeah. Yeah, the melody's got to come from you. So the things that are important, what, what's where I don't collaborate with is initially the song. So because I have to perform that, you know, you want to perform the song. You don't want to rely on like just production because then it's not a song. Mm. Um, so it starts always starts with being an acoustic guitar, whether it's singing the song, and then after that, the studios, all those flutes and that stuff can come together. But if you need it, and that's how I write my music. Have you done anything different since you wrote your first album basically for the second album have you done anything different for that oh yeah well, as in like songwriting techniques. yeah um ultimately it's the same uh uh again just me and a the guitar there's a song that i love that um that hopefully will be on the second album i mean i'll flipping kill them if they don't put it on there um <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us the title or just not not yet? Yeah, yeah, it's called. I mean, I've even started playing it. On, I've been playing it on gigs for a little while. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's called "If You Dare." It's like a. The only difference with that song is like, um, I mean, it's just I started. I put, you know, it's not an acoustic song, but I, I wrote on an acoustic guitar. But mm. it's a, it's like part of the song is the riff, so it's like a guitar riff for the at the beginning and the end. So it's the guitar riff is like part of the song, uh, a bit like. You know, like yeah, like more guitar, like more like Hendrix would do maybe with that. That's the only difference is that I start with a riff. I've never started a song with just a riff, so that's like the only difference. But ultimately, I I always write a song on the acoustic guitar and just I have to be able to sing it with just that and perform it on its own. But the way we've been recording that song is like pretty pretty psychedelic. It's nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you think your new album's gonna have that psychedelic thing running through it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Still with the loads, of, still with like a, like a, so like if I still see music in like sides of vinyl, so like maybe side A would be like psychedelic stretched out, and side B would be more like acoustic. That would be the vibe. Cool. Yeah. Do, you, do you prefer for people to listen to your records on vinyl over? Oh yeah, I would. I, I mean, I know I'm realistic. I know that pe- most probably people probably wouldn't won't, but yeah. yeah. And if you if you like, I just you know that's just part of me. I love that. Like since I was 15, so. Um, I'm always going to have that in my mind. Mm. Uh, uh, and some people who are into that, they do end up buying it on vinyl, you know, because of that. So it, it make, it's supposed to make sense as a whole, you know. Yeah. And then it, I think it sounds a bit better. So what's been your highlight up till now, so far? That's a good question. I always forget things that are highlights because there's been a lot of cool stuff. Just run through some Well, cool some stuff. of them, like, I mean, I've loved touring around America. That was good. We've had some nice gigs. Um, Seen some nice guitar shops. Like I bet you have, yeah. Met some cool musicians. 
uh, seen some cool gigs, cool people to come to gigs, you know, that kind of thing. And like funny TV shows. Uh, there was a thing in Holland where there's this orchestra called the Metropole Orchestra. And um, I got to play, in Holland they released the album like around Christmas, again, like a reissue, but with uh, a second CD of like a live gig with this Metropole Orchestra. So I got to sing with this orchestra like, live. We recorded a live, I guess the first ever like live semi-album, you know. That was amazing. The orchestra were amazing. And it was like a 40-piece orchestra or something. So wow. in a beautiful venue. So that was a pretty cool experience. Um, and then ultimately, like putting an album out was still up there. So those were probably the highlights that I can think of now, you know. <laughs> well, your music knowledge is incredible. <laughs> it's been amazing chatting to you. Name yeah. names I don't really know. And yeah, that's all right. You put that's me right. to shame. And you'd, you'd, you'd get me for like, there's so much music I don't know. If you, uh, It's different because you're asking me what I like, so... It means like sound yeah, like I know there's music. Cool. <laughs> so the the song to look at on the new album is If You Dare. Yeah, If You Dare is like my favourite at the minute. But cool. of course the album's not coming out probably until next year. So yeah, sure. There might be another song. But there's also another song I really love called... Oh, okay, there is another difference, if you don't mind me saying. But, well, um, go for it, go for it, so yeah. There's another song that I love called Woody. Um, it's like a character, Woody. So basically, I've been getting, like, lyric-wise, this is more acoustic, this song. And I was getting loads into, like, slide guitar and stuff and... So this song's got loads of that in it. It's more of like a story, you know. Uh, I used to, the first album's all like I, and uh, I started listening to some songs like, whether it's like country music or something, they'll write, they'll just tell stories and it'd be third person. And I thought, man, I, I want to write songs, I want to be able to write songs like that. So so lyrically, it would be different too. There's a couple of songs in, well, that I'm writing, I mean, they might not make the album, but there's a couple of songs I've been doing that, that have that. So that's the difference too. Thank you very much for coming oh, no. and chatting to us. That was really, really cool. Thanks for having me. I think the thing that blows me away most of all about Michael is his knowledge of music. It seems like he's explored so many genres and he just reels off these names again and again. He just has an amazing uh, just knowledge of music as well as just hunger for music, it seems, as well. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and until next time.